We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. Demons by Fyodor Dostoevsky is a haunting read. It's a book of secrets, a mystery wrapped in an enigma, and is ultimately a puzzle that we try to unlock. But I think, to be brutally honest about what is the essence of this novel, we have to start with how it will challenge you, the reader. The plot is, well, it's confusing, at least at first. Everything seems to be happening behind the scenes. People are talking about events that you, the reader, haven't seen. And when information is revealed, well, information becomes a form of currency something to be exchanged. Now, the subject matter, well, it's equally heavy. What happens in this novel can weigh upon you, your consciousness, for even weeks after upon reading it. But wrap this up with masterful storytelling, and all I can say is trust your author. With this book's massive demands comes its massive rewards. But the real question is why read Dostoevsky's demons. To begin with, Fyodor Dostoevsky is widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential writers of all time. His writing shows a piercing insight into people's behaviors, a philosophical depth that is unparalleled, and honestly just profound understanding of the suffering we find in life. And of all of Dostoevsky's novels, I think this novel delivers more so than any of his other novels on the insights into human psychology and the reactionary elements of human culture, to the point where it's actually quite eerie how the thought processes of people from 1871 can resonate with us in modern times. The characters are complex, but sincere. They each have a sense of self and how they fit into their society as well as a glaring blind spot that they maybe haven't even realized about themselves yet. This book has a clear line of influence to some of the greatest minds of all time. From Albert Camus, who took characters from this book to explore and explain further his own philosophical ideas, to Friedrich Nietzsche, who, <laughs> well, he kind of took the opposite stance of Dostoevsky. But you can see this is the genesis for promoting original thought in Dostoevsky's writing. And the list goes on with Einstein, Faulkner, Murakami. That is to say that Dostoevsky's writings, and specifically this book, have challenged the brightest minds through time to have wrestled with some of the most complex characters, their purposes, and reflect upon the meaning to their own lives. So please cut yourself some slack as you work through absorbing what this complex text means. The salvation of Russia comes from the people. A struggle many of us have today is why is doing the right thing at the right time 
so hard. It seems understanding our flaws is much more complex than we're actually equipped to handle. This is a story of the self and society. The way we repress things, desires, past mistakes, things that we've done that seem to just explode at an inopportune time, causing us to regret our actions. That search for understanding that invisible line, or as Carl Jung would call it, individuation, the search for who are we behind the scenes, these unconscious decisions in our minds. Because if we can't find the cause of those, then how did we make these decisions? The truth is, our actions influence others, which is why Dostoevsky made demons a generational story. The way these characters reflect upon their past and the decisions that they've made that haunt them, do their actions really matter? Is action the only way to make progress and ultimately reflect upon their future? And not only just what type of people do they want to be, but what do they want their society to be with how we influence and help shape each other? This is a novel with an exploration into many themes. Socialism, absurdism, atheism, nihilism. Where does one find redemption? Where does a country find it? Let's find out who or what these devils are in Fyodor Dostoevsky's Demons. You know, book forwards are great. They get you excited about the book. They teach you a little bit about the culture and sometimes even get you to know the characters a little bit more. However, they're littered with spoilers, and for some readers, that defeats the purpose. So we created this Before You Read series to help you tackle important books without the spoilers. So the plan today is we've kicked you off with a What Is Demons All About animation to get you excited about what's going to be happening in this novel. We're also going to be talking about expectations versus reality of how we approach this book and how it actually is. We're going to talk about the author and the translations available. We're going to talk about Dostoevsky's psychology, the Russian landscape, as well as the road ahead in terms of what you can expect after this video. Expectations versus reality. Expectation one, the Russian names are impenetrable and I won't be able to follow. <laughs> and I can't even argue with that because honestly, on a Russian scale, yeah, these names are a little bit more difficult as a typical Western reader. But with that said, impenetrable, no. What you can do is just take a little index card, take it out, and every time a new character is introduced, write right there, and then use that index card as your bookmark. So every time a character comes up, then you've forgotten who they were, you can refer to your index card as a quick reminder. And if you're still having problems, we'd rather you give them a nickname than give up. Just don't call Stravogin Stroganoff like I did while recording a video. <laughs> now, with that said, the Russian patronymic names do have a reference to the previous generation. And since this is a multi-generational story, it does add to the story if you can get those down. So just try your best, but don't beat yourself up if you need some help. Expectation two, the book is dated and won't be relevant to modern sensibilities. Literature is often described as a window, a mirror, or a door. A window to view someone's life that is different than yours, a mirror to see your own, and a door to invite a reader to change. One of the greatest gifts of reading is seeing characters with our struggles. It lets you know that they have gone through similar experiences or question the similar things of life. You read something you thought only happened to you, and you discover that it happened a hundred years ago to Dostoevsky. 
This is a very great liberation for the suffering, struggling person who always thinks that he is alone. James Baldwin. Take a moment to slow down with this book. Think about the dilemmas and the decision-making processes. They are hauntingly familiar to us today. They're anything but dated. You have to laugh and cry with this book because it's a strange experience to have something so haunting and so funny in the exact same paragraph. Expectation three. I had a friend read this book and said the opening is too confusing. Life is short, so they decided to read another book. And so should you. First off, it's true. Your friend's not lying. The opening is confusing. But that's all your friend can talk about is part one. And that's what they're missing, though, is the epiphany. Not all stories have to start out clear. Struggling through the haze of information is what life's all about. We don't have a manual for life. There's even a paper called The Voices of Legion, the narrator of The Possessed. And it talks about how the narrator specifically withholds information from the reader because information is power and it is withheld from the reader for quite some time in this story. So stick with it. It'll all be clear in the end. Like the discovery of love, like the discovery of the sea, the discovery of Dostoevsky marks an important date in one's life. Jorge Luis Borges. Dostoevsky is a writer that is venerated on a level so high that many readers feel that he is writing directly to them, which is why I think it's always important to listen, because we all might have different takeaways of what his texts might mean to us. There are many paths in life, and you and I have not experienced all of them. Reading Dostoevsky is an opportunity to experience more of them. Born in Moscow in 1821, in a lower-class part of town, there are a lot of things that Dostoevsky went through to become the man that he became. Reading widely as a youth to joining a progressive literary circle, only to be arrested and sentenced to death by firing squad and then saved at the last second to be sent to a work prison. If there's one thing that many Dostoevsky fans can agree upon is that he had life-changing events during these prison years and suffering seizures. Upon his release, over the next decade, well, he would write about his experiences, tutoring, traveling, and marriage. And over the next decade, he would transform writing forever. Dostoevsky experienced a maelstrom of literary creativity that is rarely seen. Over the next decade, he wrote Notes from the Underground, Crime and Punishment, The Idiot, that would go on to sell and be read by millions of readers across the world. But we're here for demons. Dostoevsky was inspired by what he read in the newspaper and would go on to publish in The Russian Messenger in 1871-72. to 72. Now, the titles might be listed as The Possessed, The Devils, or Demons. We're all talking about the same book. And in my foreword by Pivier and Volohomsky, they even claim that The Possessed might be an incorrect translation because that would exonerate the person from their actions. And anyone who's a true Dostoevsky reader knows that nothing could be further from the truth for him. See, Dostoevsky always believed in free will, be it a curse or a blessing. Demons or devils is a more apt title. Do we invite that evil into ourselves? And what does that mean to us? But rest assured, they're all the same book, just different translations. And we always get the question of, should I pick up the Constance Garnett, the Pivier and Volohonsky, or should I go with this Michael R. Katz version? The best thing to do is to really go to the store and leaf through a couple of pages to see what works for you. I've done Pivier and Volohonsky, and I've done the first two parts of Michael R. Katz, and I thought the Katz version worked better for me. But you're going to need to check them out to see what works best for you. 
It is important to note that there is a hidden chapter at Tacones that was removed from the original text because the editor felt it was too immoral. I will say I like to honor the writer's original intent, where I like to read it in part two as chapter nine. Your book might have it in line as that, or it may in the PVR and Volohansky version just be stuffed at the end. I would recommend reading it in line with where it should have been, which was part two, chapter nine, because it might change your view on some things. <laughs> <laughs> and after Demons, he'd go on to finish Brothers Karamazov, his magnum opus. And even though he did intend to write more, he did leave us with a plethora of books that would influence and inspire millions of readers over the years. People speak sometimes about the bestial cruelty of man, but that is terribly unjust and offensive to beasts. No animal could ever be so cruel as a man, so artfully, so artistically cruel. By Fyodor Dostoevsky. So why do people say that Dostoevsky has some of the greatest psychological insights in his books? Well, there are a lot of reasons. First, he has this ability to see how people have suffered and to get readers to relate to it. Many critics talk about the prison years, seeing what society had as the lowest lows, yet seeing reason and humanity behind them and their actions. Dostoevsky had the ability to understand perspective and how people looked at different situations, and they're extremely valuable to readers to challenge themselves in similar situations. It's kind of like how people can be products and members of the society in which they live. Which brings me to my second point. Dostoevsky is really, really good at depicting evil and corruption. This novel documents society's descent into madness. If we're in charge of our own boats, let's be honest, some of us are kind of loose captains. Let's take a person named Bob. Bob is disillusioned with life. Perhaps he's not happy with his work options or prospects in life. What does Bob do? Well, slow down. That's not where psychology stops. First, we must understand the rationalization behind Bob's actions. How does Bob justify his suffering? This is where we enter into a loop of anger, blame, and regret, and it opens the door for tricksters, and Bob starts to justify the things that he has done. But it's those whispers that we start to listen to that make us think that we're not responsible for our action. We're a product of society, which brings me to my last point. Understanding that influence and boundaries between conscious and subconscious, or as Jung would call it, shadow work or individuation. It's important for us to understand what's driving us behind the scenes. That's what allows us to perhaps better understand why we sometimes have self-destructive behaviors. What's really driving us to do harmful actions? For example, how we sabotage ourselves and we don't take that leap for that new job because we don't think we're good enough to do it. Or when we don't take up projects because we'd rather fail by not trying. This is the core of what Demons is. It's a generational story about how one generation can influence the next, or even how society influences us. It's something that Joseph Frank spent a lot of time dedicated to in the Dostoevsky uh, biography, it kind of explaining. But Demons is so much more than just that. What we're really saying is that the characters of Demons are very sincere, and they teach us a lot about ourselves. There's a famous line about walking in someone else's shoes to really know how they feel. And that's really what you need to go through in your experience when reading Demons. The Russian Landscape 
A revolutionary age is an age of action. Ours is the age of advertisement and publicity. By Soren Kierkegaard. So if it isn't clear by now, there are many reasons to read Dostoevsky. And one that is near and dear to our hearts, and I will speak for both of us here, is his way of capturing cultural and historical significance in his writings. Russia in the 1870s was a fascinating time. And I don't mean that the Russians were thinking that they should tweak this one little thing and then everything else would stay the same. We are entering into a phase of radicalization in Russia. In fact, the term radicalism came up frequently. The idea that we should just change everything around us. But why is this talked about so much, right? The Russian Revolution wasn't something that wouldn't happen for 46 years later after Dostoevsky wrote this novel. The fact is, the Russian Revolution is just one date in time that historians pick. And this book festers in that phase right before the revolution of we need change. Dostoevsky saw increased numbers of strikes, the industrialization, the large nationality problem of Russia, as well as anti-government sentiments that were being spread by the people. You'll notice that many of these problems are multi-generational struggles. That is to say, this is not a new struggle in terms of the liberalization and the conservatives, in terms of the Slavophiles and the westernizers. There was a lot of challenges to the alphabet, to the calendar, to dress, to language. Russia was under an assault of who are we as an identity crisis. And as a result, many Russians left to study abroad. And even many of the revolutionaries that were still in Russia at the time were students or dropouts per Richard Pipe's book on the Russian Revolution. And again, it would go on to be regulated by 1884, but this is all before that. Dostoevsky saw the hearts of the people and was able to convey that into words on paper. But some would say that maybe it was too late. The floodgates had been opened for liberalism, intellectualism, and change. But that exact point right there might be the most charming part of Dostoevsky's writing. The way that characters get caught up with ideas, using words that are not their own. It's something that he pokes fun at and almost just makes it a very light situation, even though it's very serious as to what's actually happening in the culture at the time. And while often Dostoevsky books are considered big brain, we can't forget the humor and charm. And that's part of what he writes too in terms of the intellectualism. These ideas are great, and they might sweep us up and inspire us, but if you take away the humanity, if you take away the heart, that there's a lot of emptiness left behind, that that is part of what makes us special as peoples. At the core, Dostoevsky's novel was a struggle between the Russian soul and nihilism. Because many Russians were challenged with, is there a meaning to life? And I think that was one of the most important questions to Dostoevsky is if there was a meaning, or if there wasn't, what are the chances of salvation or redemption? And to Dostoevsky, religion was the way to that, and maybe even a way to save all of Russia. Because if there's one thing that he believed was that everybody was worth saving and had an opportunity to turn away from the evil choices that they had in life and make better ones. So what happened after the Russian Revolution? Well, that's for another video for another day. <laughs> Right now, we have an exciting series planned ahead where Crypto and I are going to go through in a much more discussional way of exploring what does this novel mean 
And again, this is meant to spark and inspire you to have your own thoughts and to come back and even maybe look at this novel in a different light. And as always, we love to have a discussion with this, and we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below of how you saw the novel differently. So join us and our patrons as we read Demons. We're going to go through this part by part, and there'll be a playlist down below for you to continue the conversation with us. This is a viewer-supported channel. So if you are interested in helping out, we'll leave a link to our patron and Ko-Fi links. And again, just watching has been enough to help us. If you enjoyed today's conversation but aren't sure what to add, just even putting a little emoji of a devil down below helps the YouTube ever-hungry algorithm know that you have enjoyed today's video. We'd appreciate it and definitely appreciate you guys spending some time with us today. My name is Benuna. Peace. Peace.